I'm J-Mac. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Base Code Podcast. Hey yo, J-Mac here again, solo talking about shift. You know, I almost said shit, and that's actually kind of something that's intentional with shift. I wouldn't say I named it uh, a shitty name, so to speak, but uh, there are some puns that, uh, you know, use shift where it would be common to use shit. So, um, you know, the counter on the homepage is kind of a nod to Jurassic Park. You know, that's a lot of shit. Even the titles to these podcasts have uh, some things that you would probably commonly say with the word shit and, of course, shift in there. So talking about shift or talking about shit, uh, you know, it's all kind of in there. It's all in good fun. It's a little self-deprecating humor, I suppose. It's kind of funny. I don't think I mentioned it in the very first episode of this season, but um, I actually was going back and forth between the name Switch and Shift. Personally, I was leaning more towards Switch because it felt more in line with the um, kind of illuminate, the light, the luminescence that Laravel has. Uh, So, you know, there's there's a lot of play on, on, uh, you know, lighting. And I just thought light switch, switch versions, um, it kind of played into that. But uh, asking around uh, and getting some other opinions, even uh, Taylor's way back at that hackathon, people seem to like shift better. And and I'm I do too, <laughs> but uh, that was a contender as far as the name goes, since we're kind of randomly talking about uh, naming. Anyway, uh, last time I was talking about pricing, and I really went through the evolution of pricing, and really how the price of shift is a reflection more of the value proposition that appeals to me, which is, you know, like a good deal or... Um, you know, I wouldn't go so far as say a bargain, but but something that has a really good balance between the price point and the value that you're actually getting. And I think you get a lot of value with Shift. And of course, now that's pretty easy to see. And as such, I've I've been comfortable uh, to the point of the last episode. You know, raising the prices over the years. But Shift is still underpriced, probably for its value. The whole goal would be to get that pricing perfect where you know you could raise it enough but you don't piss off your users and that's kind of the the difference between price versus scale and that's what i want to talk a little more about in this episode they don't necessarily have to be mutually exclusive in a perfect scenario you could really balance that where you're getting the maximum you know sale price again without deterring any customers For me, that's where it kind of gets difficult because I prioritize scale. And so for me, it's more important to have more people using shift, more people running shifts than it is to collect 10% more on the price or 20% more on the price. So kind of just doing some math, you know, I, I could probably charge $99 per shift. Now, I'm going to lose a lot of users when I do that, but let's say I still kept a 1,000 users. Well, just, again, some quick math, rounding up, that's 100000 a year versus what I'm doing now, which is $19 a shift, and I have to get 5,000 users. You know, so, again, I don't know which one's better. 
uh, quote unquote, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're the same numbers. It, it would seem a lot harder to get 5,000 users than it is 1,000 users. But again, it's also, in my opinion, maybe a little harder to charge that $99. What changes in the dynamic of shift as far as expectations, as far as, um, you know, refunds, as far as support, you know, what all goes into that? Again, not that $19 is throwaway or 29 bucks is, is throwaway. But again, there's a lot of other factors to consider than, than kind of just the price itself. So scale is really more important to me. You know, I want everyone to use Shift, and, and I appreciate that that's uh, naive. The goal for me is that Shift is approachable, uh, it's affordable to as many developers as possible, and it really becomes a no-brainer choice compared to maybe doing the upgrade yourself. And that's also a bit of a point of contention that I might talk about in a future episode, but, you know, this is something you can do yourself. This is something in the past, historically, you have done yourself, and, and as such, that higher pricing point it would, again, raise that bar even more or create an even bigger gap kind of between that psychology, right? The psychology of, well, I can do this myself. Oh, it's only 19 bucks. I'll try it out versus, well, this is $99. I mean, I can do that myself and save 100 bucks, right? Like, again, that would be where my mind would go even as a developer, uh, you know, if this was, if Shift were a much higher price. Uh, so again, just aligning uh, with my own kind of kind of value uh, propositions there. The other thing for me personally is I just kind of don't like raising prices. Um, again, dialing in the pricing and moving to tiered pricing over the years made sense. But now I'm in this place where I feel like, you know, Shift is doing well. Uh, I'm, I'm growing the user base. If I raise prices, it, it I don't know, it, it feels greedy in a way, right? Again, personally, that's just something I, I, I don't like. It always feels a little sleazy. Like I really hate when there's like this new restaurant and they have good food and, you know, it's good portions and, you know, it's a good price. And you go back like six months later and, you know, the food quality is not the same. Uh, the portions are smaller and they raise the price. And it's just kind of like this, this isn't what it used to be. And I don't ever want anyone to say something like that about shift. Um, you know, if I improve the automation or a shift, you know, or a version's older or things like that, then sure, I think those those price increases make total sense to me and I'm comfortable doing that. But again, taking the latest Laravel version shift and changing it from, you know, $19 to $59 or $99, I just, I just don't see myself doing that. I, I would much rather put my effort into trying to grow shift. You know, that's what I want to switch gears to and talk a little more about in, in this episode. So real quick, let me go through kind of the um, shift milestones as far as growth is concerned over the last uh, seven years. And before I do that, let me just um, kind of explain this metric. In the beginning, shift had a smaller product catalog, right? I only launched with two or three shifts and most people were already locked in on a version and they just ran one shift and they were up to date. So the ratio between use and users was one to one, but now it's more like eight to one. So over time, a user is going to run about eight shifts. So the numbers that I'm mentioning or the metric that I'm using is uses or the number of shifts that have been run to date. So let's go through these. 
So I mentioned before, in the first month, uh, Shift had 100 runs. So that was January 2016. By September of 2016, there was 1,000 runs. Going to the following year, October of 2017, there were 5,000 runs. By October of 2018, 10,000 runs. By October of 2019, 20,000 runs. By July of 2020, 30,000 runs. And by September of 2021, 50,000 runs. And now, in October of 2022, we're at 72,000 runs. And you can always actually follow along with the current shift count at the bottom of Shift's landing page. There's a little ticker there that kind of demonstrates uh, the last several shifts that have been run. So that number is pretty real-time. So I want to go back through these a little more slowly and mention the growth rate, but also the things that I feel like I did to actually grow shift between each one of these points. So in the first year, shift really went from 100 to 1,000, and that's effectively 10x. That's a crazy growth rate, uh, not one that I've since replicated. Uh, and I think that really can mostly be attributed to just good old organic growth. I was saturating the market. You know, and if you have a good product, you're going to saturate the market pretty quickly. You know, going back to that restaurant analogy, you're going to tell everybody you went to this good new restaurant and they had good prices or they had good food or both or whatever, right? You're going to you're going to spread the word and it's going to reach all these people that do go out to eat. So much the same way, Shift was brand new. It helped you upgrade your application. It worked well. You know, people are starting to talk about it and it's kind of making its way across the Laravel community, right? I think a lot of the growth is that. Now, that's, that's not to say that I didn't do anything, but really most of that was organic I didn't have a following at the time, so I kind of did just traditional SEO type things. I made sure that my pages had, you know, good tags, good meta descriptions. I make sure to share shift everywhere, cross link it as much as possible. And I tried to make sure that I was involved with the community. I, you know, again, didn't have a whole lot of followers on Twitter. Uh, the places that I was most familiar with at the time was Stack Overflow, Reddit, you know, I worked my way into the Laircast forum and, you know, I would talk about shift, but I wouldn't do it in what I felt was a sleazy way. Again, I'm, I'm just, I'm uncomfortable with that kind of stuff. I tried to do what I would probably call like helpful marketing. So if they had a question about upgrade on one of these sites. I would try to answer it, uh, but then also somewhere in there kind of close with like, hey, if you want to um, kind of automate all this, uh, you know, check out this thing that I built, you know, Laravel shift. And at the very least, you know, that would, again, kind of contribute to that cross-linking. And all this matters because it kind of moves Shift up the search engine ranks. So now when people go search for Upgrade Laravel, I'm never necessarily going to be number one because Laravel.com, the source of truth for Laravel, has an upgrade page. So they're already hitting those type of keywords. But maybe I'm, you know, third or fourth on that page. And I have a more targeted title, something like automate your Laravel upgrade. So again, I think a lot of it was organic growth. Uh, there wasn't anything special that I was doing per se as far as marketing. Just some good old traditional 
uh, SEO, and then also, you know, building a good product and allowing the community to kind of spread the word for me. In the following year, it went to 5,000 runs. So now we're kind of down to 5x. So again, already saturated the market. I feel like during that time, what I tried to do was focus a little more on the Laravel community. I was speaking at LayerCon, that helped for sure. Um, it didn't necessarily directly help to shift because I don't think I even had shift really included in my slides. And if I did, it was just kind of like a simple, again, joking transition. You know, hey, automate it with this, you know, next slide. Uh, it just, I didn't really push it. It wasn't like my closing slide, go buy this, I built this. You know, it wasn't some big intro necessarily. Not at that time later when people knew me more for shift, I, I would, you know, kind of inject um, maybe some of its metrics or some of the things I've learned from it. But again, never like any kind of like sales pitch where it's like, this will save you time and money and blah, 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 right? It, what speaking at Laracon really did for me was help grow my own audience. And of course, I am going to talk about shift on occasion. And if my audience is all Laravel developers, then I'm speaking, I'm plugged in directly to my target market. Also, I think the speaking helped get me on some more community podcasts. So as I mentioned before, I was on Full Stack Radio. I was also on the Laravel News podcast. Um, if there were any kind of like uh, community member highlights or uh, questionnaires or any blog posts, like guest blog posts people wanted me to do, uh, you know, I would do all that. Again, anything that kind of put me in the community. So from there, uh, we went to 10,000 runs in the following year. So really every since shift has doubled since then. So now it's down to kind of a 2x multiple, e even less. I don't necessarily expect going from 70,000 shifts to 140,000 shifts by this time next year. So it is slowing, can't necessarily keep up uh, with, with some of that initial growth rate. So what are some of the things maybe that I'm doing now or lately that I think uh, are also helping? I think there's two more things. And I think they're a bit hard to measure, but I think if you talk to anyone that kind of sells their own products, you'll see this strategy being used. And basically that's the strategy of giving away free shit. Uh, <laughs> whether it's your time or your talent or your expertise, uh, you really need to give people a sample, right? This, this is kind of modern marketing, you know, again, sticking with the analogy, uh, it, it started with food samples, right? Here's a little taste test, you know, when you enter a store, oh, you like it? Okay, you're gonna go buy the whole package, right? It's kind of the same thing with Shift. I think as Shift continued to grow, there was an opportunity to build free shifts, um, something that helped people not only become familiar with kind of how Shift worked, but also to see that value. If, if they were questioning the value of Shift, you know, hey, why does this thing cost? I can do it myself uh, for free. Well, again, we'll talk about it. It's not really for free, but, you know, they're not valuing their time. They're thinking, oh, I can do this. You know, that kind of DIY attitude. And I, I, I have that myself, so I totally get it. Uh, but I think, I think offering uh, something for free and allowing somebody to get in there and kind of touch and feel and taste and, you know, use uh, your product really does go a long way, but you kind of don't really know what that goodwill is doing. But I will say I try to make as many free shifts as I can now, especially when it's something that's kind of one-off-ish. Uh, so this started with the Laravel Linter. The Laravel Linter 
just kind of goes through your project and, and checks for kind of some outdated conventions. It, it sees if you're doing things kind of the Laravel way um, as outlined uh, kind of in the documentation. You know, some other ones are uh, things like the Vite Converter. That's a more recent thing. So again, these things, while I could make them a paid uh, shift, again, it goes back to that growth. I don't really want to get $9 from 100 people when maybe I can have 1,000 people run that Vite Converter. And, and, and that's exactly kind of how it works. And again, it spreads that goodwill. You know, I, I get people that um, say, hey, hey, thanks, this is cool. I'm gonna have to, you know, check out Shift. And that's exactly the side effect that you want from that kind of stuff. And again, if I just made everything paid, if I was always just selling Shifts, if I was always just raising the pricing, I just don't think Shift would have the same feel that it has today. And that kind of brings me to my final point. You know, I really would like to believe at the end of the day that people know Shift, they know me, and they just kind of like the product, right? It's just a good product, you know, and I just try to be helpful. You know, if people uh, send support emails, I answer every single support email. Um, you know, if people reach out on Twitter, if people have feedback, if people say, hey, you should automate this or you should automate that, like, I try to do it. I try to be helpful. I don't get on Twitter and, you know, stir the pot necessarily. I don't get on there and pick battles. I really don't even try to be that opinionated. I, I think the, the biggest thing I might be opinionated about is, you know, sticking with Laravel conventions, but that really goes beyond shift. That's, that's just me as, as kind of a, a disciplined programmer. That, that's not necessarily me trying to push shift. Uh, and again, you won't see those things really being said from the shift account. Uh, you know, I really try to keep that hat on you know, for shift, uh, and again, being fun, being, you know, having the puns, being fun, using gifts, but really, most of all, just being helpful, you know, not judging an old app, not judging design decisions, you know, when a human shift comes in, you know, it's funny, sometimes these people, they're a little embarrassed, you know, oh, this thing's still running 4.2, and it doesn't have a test suite, and oh, man, you know, we know we're not doing it right, and I don't, say anything i in fact i say hey you've got a successful application that's still running you know I, I this is the real world like i've seen it all and i think that helps it makes me more approachable it makes shift approachable and ultimately aligns with the good vibes that you find within the laravel community you know in the end none of these are big revelations they're all simple things anyone can do and that's kind of the point there is no silver bullet, and sometimes doing the simple things can add up to a lot. Now, in fairness, I have done a little advertising over the years, most notably with Laravel News. I've also been a community sponsor for a few PHP conferences, as well as Laracon Online. And I also tried things like Google, Twitter, and Reddit ads. I can say while I might have gotten my return on investment for some of the conference sponsorships, None of the ads really have moved the needle in any kind of way. Again, that's just me. I probably wasn't doing it right. I do keep the Laravel news ad mostly to keep shift names present year-round and as a way to kind of keep the money in other small businesses within the Laravel community. The one last thing I'll note again are Taylor's tweets or retweets. If Shift does something really new or really special, sometimes he'll see that, but sometimes I end up asking if he's willing to retweet something for that extra push. It's always worth it, he's the top influencer, and it's a great way to reach new users, which may result in a few extra shifts. So, 
Really, in the end, I think having a good product at a great value sets Schiff up for success. And injecting myself into the Laravel community with some retweets from Taylor have definitely helped Schiff grow. So, yeah. Until the next episode. Show notes for this episode can be found at basecodefieldguide.com slash 51.